chapter 3. The book of Genesis chapter 3. I want to say again how grateful we are to have everyone here today. All of our guests who are visiting family, who are part of this great service. God bless you. It's so wonderful to see all of you here this morning. Genesis chapter 3 and verse number 16. Genesis 3 and verse 16. The scripture says unto the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. And unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree, of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread. Till thou return unto the ground, for out of it wast thou taken. For dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. And Adam called his wife's name Eve, because she was the mother of all living. Adam called his wife's name Eve, because she was the mother of all living. I would like to preach to you this morning on this subject, Eve the mother of all living. Eve, the mother of all living. Could we just lift our voices together unto the Lord and ask for his blessing upon his word? Lord, I thank you for this day that we have in your presence. I thank you, Lord, for the gathering of people who have come clearly to honor your name. And I thank you for that, Lord. I truly am grateful for that. I pray today that your word will go forth and bring light and life to each and every one of us, as we hear your word, we humble ourselves before your word and ask that it would take root in our hearts, O oh God, and grow forth as a mighty tree, Lord, bearing much fruit in our lives. Give you all the praise for it and ask for your anointing upon this message and the remainder of this service. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. And amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. Thank you for standing. This morning, Adam and Eve, Adam and Eve, this is a couple that we are quite familiar with. You're probably familiar with them whether you are a uh, regular student of the scriptures or not, uh, people who are Students of the scriptures are familiar with this term, this couple, these names. And then those who, who really don't study the scriptures but are familiar with some of its terminology know who I'm talking about when I say Adam and Eve. Uh, this couple is well known and they are well known for two distinct reasons. There are two primary reasons they are well known. Number one, they are well known because they are the first man and woman that God created. 
the first man and woman that God created. Man was made of the dust of the ground. God formed man of the dust of the ground, the scripture says. And the Bible teaches us that he breathed into man's nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. And then God, who had said of all creation that it was good, at the conclusion of each creative day, God stamped it, if you please, with his word by saying, it is good. It is good. When he created day and night, he said it is good. When he created the trees and the plants, he said it is good. When he created the the sun, the moon, and the stars, he said it is good. And on and on throughout the days of creation, God punctuated each day with that declaration over that which he had created. It is good until he created man. When he created man, he said, got to looking at man, and he said, it's not good that man should be alone. And so the Bible says that the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon man, and from his rib, the Lord created a woman and brought her unto the man. And Adam looked upon her and said, I will call her a woman. For she is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. The scripture then says, Therefore shall the man leave his father and mother and cleave unto his wife. And this was what they were most known for, that they were the first two people, man and woman, that were created by God in all of time. But they're known for something else. When you say Adam and Eve, if you delve just a little bit deeper into the scriptures, they're quite well known for something else. They're quite well known for messing everything up for everybody. Everything. They were given so much by God. They were blessed abundantly by the Lord with so many wonderful opportunities. And they messed everything up. If you're familiar with it, you know what I'm talking about. If you're not, let me just give you a a brief synopsis. God had given them every tree of the garden in which to eat, to enjoy, to be blessed by. With this caveat, he said, don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. All the other trees... You can have, they could have even eaten of the tree of life. But apparently they had no appetite for the tree of life. He said, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, do not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But you can have all other fruit. The scripture then describes that Eve had an interaction with the serpent. The serpent that the Bible describes as being the most subtle beast of the field. And I I want to stop here and I want to caution everyone that is here today. And my message today is about Eve, the mother of all living. And it is a message on Mother's Day. But this message is for mothers and fathers and brothers and sisters and children. It's It's for anybody and everybody. The principles are the same. Eve began to have interactions with the serpent. 
And I want to, I want to just stop for a moment and caution you. Don't have interactions with the serpent. Interactions with the serpent are dangerous things. When you begin to have interactive communication and conversation with this serpent, the, the, the reason it's dangerous is because he is the most subtle beast of the field. There is no more subtle beast than the serpent himself. The book of Revelation teaches us who the serpent is. The Bible says that old serpent, which is called the devil. That old serpent, which is called the devil. See, the serpent isn't just a serpent. The serpent is the devil. Be careful when the devil tries to engage you to interact with him because he is subtle and he will make a compelling case for the lie he is telling you. It will sound appealing to you. He will touch on the areas of your concern. He will empathize with you. He will begin to make you feel validated in the concerns you have and make you feel as though you have a sympathetic ear that is listening to what you're saying. It will be such a compelling and satisfying feeling to your human nature. You'll be tempted to go ahead and keep on talking. But you need to understand you're dealing with the most subtle beast of the field. And with every word he speaks, he is weaving just a little bit denser of a web. Wherewith he plans to entrap you and make you his. This is what he was doing with Eve. He began asking what seemed to be innocent questions. He began to ask about what God had said. Had God said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? He already knew the answer to that question. And I'm going to tell you, that's the way the devil starts all of his interactions with you. Hath God said. It always has to do with questioning the word of God. And let me just tell you, it's interesting to me. I mentioned that we find the serpent in Genesis chapter 3. But we don't learn who the serpent was until Revelation 12. It wasn't until Revelation 12 that the Bible said that old serpent which is called the devil. So I'm wondering, how in the world do we encounter the serpent in Genesis 3? But we don't learn who he is until Revelation 12. See, see God knows that... That how our brain works. And he didn't emphasize the identity of the serpent as much as he did the way the serpent talked. Because God knows the devil doesn't always come as a serpent. And if you start thinking of him only as a serpent, then, then you'll run when the serpent shows up, but you'll hang around when Bathsheba shows up. You'll run when the serpent shows up, but you'll hang around when Delilah shows up. You'll run. He, sometimes he comes as a lion. Sometimes he comes as a, as a scorpion. He doesn't always come as a serpent. Sometimes he comes as a professor. God forbid, sometimes he comes as somebody clothed in religious garments. Sometimes he comes as a friend. You don't need to so much worry about what he looks like as much as you need to understand what he sounds like. That way when he starts talking, it doesn't matter what vessel he's using, you can identify those are the words of the serpent. The most subtle beast of the field. 
It doesn't matter how smooth it sounds. It doesn't matter if it's to your favorite rhythm. It doesn't matter if it's to your favorite style of music or genre of communication. You can say, I know that voice. I I know those words. Those are the words of my adversary. And he's trying to mess everything up for everybody. He's trying to mess everything up for your marriage and mess everything up for your children and mess everything up for your mind and mess everything up for your peace of mind he's trying to create a web that can ensnare you and so that's where Eve found herself she found herself entrapped and ensnared by this most subtle beast of the field and 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 here came the questions the bible says that Eve began to look at the tree and that she saw that the tree was good for food. And then the Bible says that she saw that it was pleasant to the eyes and then she saw that it was a tree to be desired to make one wise. Now you have to understand that God had already formed man of the dust of the ground. God had already breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. God had already put him to sleep, took out a rib, made a woman, brought her unto the man, and gave them this commission, be fruitful and multiply. Be fruitful and multiply. Replenish the earth. Be fruitful, multiply. Have children and bring them up in this peace that I have created for you. Bring them up in this glory that I have created created for you that was the plan of God that was the purpose of God but here's Eve unsatisfied by God's purpose and his plan and his commission for her life and she's being drawn in by the hypnotic language of the most subtle beast of the field and he's pulling her in with his soothe saying if you please As he said, hath God said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden. For God doth know, you shall not surely die. God doth know that in the hour that you eat thereof, that you shall be as gods, knowing good and knowing evil. And Eve is just enchanted, enamored by what the serpent is saying. And the Bible said that she did take of the fruit. And that she did eat. And, and, and brethren, you can, you can hold that against women of all generations if you want to. But the Bible says, she gave also unto her husband with her. And he did eat. With her. You hearing me? With her. Adam was standing there for the whole interaction. He's standing there while Eve is talking to the serpent. And this man who was made in the image of God. This man whose lungs were filled with the breath of life. This man who was the only, the first created son of God. Is silent while Eve is being ensnared by the serpent. And the Bible says she gave unto her husband who was with her. And he did eat. And the scripture later teaches us that sin did not come from the deception of Eve. But that sin came from the disobedience of Adam. 
Eve, it is not recorded that Eve had heard God say that you don't eat the fruit. It is recorded that Adam heard God say. And, and, and Eve is standing there having received from Adam this word from the Lord. And Adam, having heard the word of God, knowing the word of God, chooses willfully and knowingly to eat of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. I'm going to tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. There are some things that we are not to understand. There are some things we are not to understand. The Bible says that the Lord created evil. And, 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 and I don't understand what all of that means. In fact, one day I was saying, Lord, what does all of that mean that you created evil? That God has a, God has a purpose for evil. And it is not what the devil would like to use it for. And it's not what, what you or I would think it could be used for. God alone understands why evil even exists. And as I began to search it out, I felt a check in my spirit. As if to say, be careful. Adam and Eve wanted to have the knowledge of good and evil too. And really the knowledge that they were wanting to get a hold of was a knowledge of good and evil that said, I know what is good. And I know what is evil. And humans don't know what is good. And they don't know what is evil. Only God knows what is good. And what is evil. We're living in a generation who's trying to determine what is good and what is evil. And they're all mixed up. They're calling evil good. And they're calling good evil. Our understanding of evil... And good comes from the Lord himself. He tells us, I will teach you the difference between good and evil. I will teach you the difference between the holy and the profane. You don't go try to search it out on your own and then come with your moral conviction saying, well, this is good and this is evil. Because the devil can make evil look really good. He can make evil look really noble. He can cause you to embrace things that are evil thinking you're embracing something that is good when in fact you're embracing the very thing that brings death into your life. Oh, hallelujah. And so Eve has participated in eating of this fruit of the knowledge of good and evil and everything changed. Adam, her husband with her, he also did eat and everything changed. It was like it was like a cloud came over them. It was like their mind was rent in two. It was like their, their whole ability to reason and to hear and to see and to think was immediately conflicted and discombobulated. And, and they, the Bible says that in that moment their eyes were opened to something they had never seen before. They looked upon one another with shame and they saw their nakedness realizing we are without covering in our life. No longer is there a hedge of protection over us and they fled from that place and they clothed themselves in vain and the Bible says that when the Lord came down into the garden and his voice called unto them they were hiding he said Adam why are you hiding and here comes Adam around the corner with fig leaves on and God was like why are you wearing fig leaves and he said because he said that woman you gave She ate this fruit and then gave it to me, probably put it in a pie or probably made it into a cake. Or... 
put a little icing on top, and then she gave it to me. And, and, then, and then God looks at Eve and said, Eve, what, you tell me, what, what's your version of events? It's that serpent. That serpent that is the most subtle beast of the field started talking to me. And when that serpent that is the most subtle beast of the field started talking to me, I, 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 just, I just gave in. And then God looked over at the serpent. He didn't give the serpent a chance to talk. Because he said, I know who you are. And he said, cursed art thou, and on your belly shall you go. And you shall eat the dust of the ground all the days of your life. And there shall be enmity between you and between the seed of that woman. And you, have, you will bruise the heel of the seed of the woman, but the seed of the woman will crush your head. That was a prophecy concerning the Calvary moment where Jesus would be crucified. That was when the heel of the seed of the woman would be, would be wounded. Oh, hallelujah. But on that same day when his heel was wounded, he crushed the head of the serpent. Oh, glory. And the Lord said, and the Lord said, you're cursed. Then he looked at woman and he looked at man and he began to levy curses unto them as well. Can you imagine what Eve and Adam must have felt like? As the judgment of God came sweeping across their life. To Eve he said I will greatly multiply your sorrow. In birth, in conception you will have sorrow. In the, in the act of childbearing you will have sorrow. And your husband shall rule over you. And Adam to the man he said to Adam. He said by the sweat of your face you will work. And it won't produce the fruit that you're used to producing. Instead with the fruit will come thorns and thistles. And it's, and it's going to be a difficult thing. And you're going to work all the days of your life. You're going to work like a dog. You're just going to work. And, it's not, and, and, as, and as, many, as much good as will come from your work, so will there be problems that come from your work. And, and, and so the curses of God fell upon Adam and Eve. He told Adam, he said, the ground is cursed because of what you've done. Folks, they messed everything up for everybody. How many times have you wanted to have just one conversation with Adam and Eve? Just one. Just one conversation. God, just let me have one. If, if, if there is a DeLorean that has enough gigawatt power to take us back somewhere, could we go back to that moment? Don't eat the fruit, Eve. Adam, say something. Speak up. I mean, all I need is one good conversation. Just to vent, just to express, just to, just to share. Look at what you've done. I've literally heard people say, man, Adam and Eve messed everything up. And, and, and I've been there before, not when, you know, when I messed everything up. But I mean, I've, I've, I've been determined to go to a particular restaurant before. That maybe there was some mixed debate about it. And I just stood my ground. No, this is, this is the place. You guys are going to love it. Can't wait till you get there. And we get there and the food is cold and the service is bad. and It wasn't worth the money and it wasn't worth the time and it wasn't worth the effort. And I messed up dinner and I just want to crawl out of the restaurant. Could you imagine how Eve and Adam must have felt when they messed up everything for everybody for all time? When they ruined everything. When sin entered the picture and life stopped as they knew it. When sin entered the picture and their mind no longer worked the right way. 
When sin entered the picture and their family was no longer the same. When sin entered the picture and there was always a division from Adam and Eve from that point forward. When sin entered the picture and murder broke out among their sons. When sin entered the picture and they could no longer enter into the Garden of Eden, there was an angel with a flaming sword turned every which way. When sin entered the picture and they no longer had access to the tree of life. When sin entered the picture and everything has changed for the worse and now there is pain and now there is sickness and now there is death and now there is sorrow and now there are problems. When sin enters the picture, ladies and gentlemen, that's exactly what you can expect. And I want you to know that, that, that there's, a, there's a strange thing that happens when sin enters the picture. See, it's not just sin. And, and, and part of what's happened in our culture today when we talk about the mercy and the grace of God is sometimes people take mercy and they take grace and they forget about the heavy consequences of sin. But sin carries consequences with it. It carries deep and hurtful and horrible and hellish and horrifying consequences with it. And don't let a message of mercy prevent you from understanding what mercy is protecting you from. Mercy is protecting you from the consequences of sin and death. Mercy is preventing you and I from slipping into a devil's damnation. Mercy is keeping us, ladies and gentlemen, from suffering the immediate indignation and the immediate righteous judgment of God. Don't misunderstand there is nothing as grotesque as sin. There is nothing as violent as sin. There is nothing as problematic in your life as sin is. It will ruin everything, and it will ruin everything for everybody in your world. It will mess everything up in your happy home. It will mess everything up in your mind. Uh, you, I don't even have to tell you this. You know what I'm telling you is true. That's why you're here this morning, because you're looking to God saying, God, I'm not perfect. I don't know how to make it through this life. I know I make one mistake after another, but I need your help going forward oh hallelujah oh hallelujah I've come to preach to the person who knows what it's like for the hurricane to come through and mess everything up I'm preaching to the person who knows what it's like for the winds of sorrow and the waves of turmoil and the problems associated with sin how they can ravage an individual's life because that's where Adam and Eve were it was like, it was like everything changed all in a moment and what do you do when you've unleashed the fury and the wrath of God into your world and you have subjected yourself to the law of sin and death and don't make, don't make a mistake when you sin that's what you're doing you're stepping away from the law of God and into the law of sin and death see in America we have laws that are favorable to us and we need to thank God every day for that but I've been in countries where you don't have laws that are favorable to you. I've been in countries where you couldn't use the word Christian loudly. You couldn't use the word missionary. You couldn't use the word, you couldn't use words like church 
loudly. You had to speak in code so that people didn't hear you speak of such things because people's lives could be threatened who were preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ to people in those countries. And so you had to keep it all in codified language because the laws were unfavorable to people and their religious freedoms. That's the way it is with law of sin and death. When you move away from the law of God and into the law of sin and death, folks, you're in a wild, wild west where anything goes. You're in a world where there is pain and there is sorrow and there is dying and there is crying and there is difficulty. Oh, thank God that Jesus Christ brings to us the perfect law of liberty. Thank God that he undoes the law of sin and death. Thank God that he rescues us out of our despair. Thank God every day that he rescues us out of our problems and out of our difficulties and out of the things that we are responsible for creating. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. What do you do? What do you do when you messed everything up? What do you do when you are the one that did it? That's where Adam and Eve were. And Adam looks at Eve. And, 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 and ladies and gentlemen, I, I want to point something out. Her name is not Eve yet. Her name is not Eve when she eats the fruit. She's not Eve when she is interacting with the serpent. She is not Eve when, when her and Adam's eyes are open. She's not Eve yet. She doesn't have any. Her name is woman. That was his affectionate name. For his wife. Brethren, this is Mother's Day. You make sure you call her by her name. No. You're going to have problems too if you get home and say, Woman, I don't care what comes after that. You're going to have problems too. <laughs> no, she's got a name and you need to use it. But it was just woman this, woman that, woman this, woman that. It was woman while she was eating the fruit. It was woman while she was talking to the serpent. It was woman while the curses were being levied. It was woman while the serpent was being cursed. It was woman while she was being cursed. It was woman while Adam was being cursed. It was woman, woman, woman. But when the curses had all been passed out and when the darkness had fallen and when evil had been born and had been birthed into their world and when evil was, was present with them and when sin and death were the new governors of their land and when all the pain and all the problems and all the fury of the earth had, had opened itself unto them and Adam doesn't know what to do and woman doesn't know what to do and they don't know which way to turn Adam took a hold of his place as leader because I'm going to tell you something we don't talk a lot about them after this moment this is when we stop reading about Adam and woman this is when we don't have anything else to do with them their whole life is defined by these two characteristics they were created first and then they messed everything up. Okay, next. Who do we have next? Okay, we're going to move on to Cain and Abel. That's the way it is. And that's the way we treat people. We treat them many times about by the, by the lowest point of their life. That they'll never recover. That they'll never rebound. That they'll never bounce back. But that's not the way it was with Adam and woman. Here they are covered with coats of animal skin. Here they are walking in a strange land of thorns and thistles and multiplied sorrows. And this man who let everything go. This man who allowed the whole world to be turned upside down looks at woman, his wife, and says, I'm going to give you a new name. Your name 
is Eve because you are the mother of all living. Adam showed impeccable leadership in that moment because world, the world had fallen on him and his own mistakes and own failures had crept in on him. And his, his willingness to give away all the gifts and the pleasures and the blessings of God, he gave them all away. God had told them, be fruitful and multiply. God had told them, you are the father and the mother of everybody who will step foot into this world. And somewhere in her interactions with the serpent, she lost sight of God's plan for her life. Somewhere in the interactions with the serpent. It, it, the Bible says all that is in the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And somewhere in her interactions with the serpent, she saw that the tree was good for food. That's the lust of the flesh. And she saw that it was pleasant to the eyes. That's the lust of the eyes. And she saw that it was a tree to be desired to make one wise. That's the pride of life. And somewhere in that interaction with the serpent, she began to be drawn into a distraction from what God had given her as her purpose and her commission. He said, I made you the mother of all living. You are to be fruitful and multiply. And she's not even considering that. All she can think about is being made wise. All she can think about is what looks good for the flesh. and All she can think about is what is attracting to the eyes. And, and then she's leaving behind what he told her. You're going to be fruitful. You're going to multiply. You're going to be the mother of all the earth. And Adam, you're going to be the father of all the earth. And she's being pulled in. Let me tell you something. Mothers and fathers you need to have meaningful conversations with your children. You need to have meaningful conversations with your children. And here's why. Because every day that they go to school and every day they go out of your home and even when they're in your home and on this little device right here, there are interactions they're having with the serpent. The serpent is posing questions to them. Trying to lead their mind like a skilled attorney. Trying to lead the witness down a path. He wants to get them into his web of confusion. And it's happening all throughout our, our world and all throughout our nation. And parents are so busy that many times they're just coming and going and, and correcting when they see something they don't like. But you need to sit down and have meaningful, God-ordained, God-filled conversations with your children. You need to know what is going through their mind. You need to know what they're thinking. You need to know how they're responding to the confrontations of the enemy. And you need to step into those confrontations and give guidance and spiritual direction and words of wisdom and words of knowledge. And somebody needs to say, Amen. I'm sorry, God gave us a garden to tend and we're not going to give it away. God gave us a walk with God. God gave us a new name. God gave us a blood-washed multitude and a general assembly of the firstborn. And we're not going to just let it slip away because the enemy comes in like a flood. And here they are, ladies and gentlemen. They, I'm telling you, it's like a nuclear bomb has gone off. And the whole world around them is exp has exploded. The whole world around them has blown up in their face. And instead of Adam crawling into the nearest cave, instead of Adam crawling away into the nearest, nearest trunk of a tree, Adam looks at Eve and says, Your name shall be called Eve, because you are the mother of all living. In other words, 
we got to get you back to where it all started. we got to go back to where God originally anointed us to be. Oh, but, but, but what do we do because we messed everything up? you got to go back. God said be fruitful and multiply, and you got distracted by your interaction with the serpent. What do I do? you got to go back to what God originally said. Eve, the mother of all living, that's who you are. Don't you know that when we preach, repent, and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Don't you know, ladies and gentlemen, that we're going back to where it all started. When we're baptized into Jesus Christ, we're baptized into the last Adam. We're baptized into the second man, Adam. Hallelujah. We're baptized into a new opportunity. Go back to where it all began. When you step into salvation, you're stepping into the glories of the Lord. You're stepping into what God originally intended for your life. Oh, hallelujah. And I don't care what you've done. You can always go back. And it doesn't matter how bad you messed up, you can always go back. And it doesn't matter what nuclear bomb you set off in your home or what nuclear bomb you set off in your relationship, you can always go back. I rebuke every devil that's telling you that you've gone too far, that you've messed too much up, that your reputation has gotten so bad that you don't have any more credibility. You know what? That old man needs to die anyway. And you need to rise to walk in newness of life with Jesus Christ. It's time to say, I'm not worried about what the old man did. I've got a new name. I'm not just man. I'm not just woman. I've gone back to my original purpose. Hallelujah. 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 The name Eve means life giver. That's what Adam told her. He said, Eve, we've got to give life to a new generation. We've got work to do. Yes, we messed up. Yes, we made mistakes. Yes, I was disobedient. You were deceived. But we've got a plan in place for our lives. I'm going to call you Eve, the mother of all living. See, some people don't think they can come back. That they can never return. Because of how bad things have gotten. That's a lie. That is a lie. That is a lie from the devil himself. You've not messed anything up like Eve messed it up. You've not messed anybody's life up the way Adam messed it up. Everybody in this place was messed up by Adam. Everybody in this place was messed up by Eve. And they refused to run away in condemnation. They said, all right, we've got to pull ourselves together. And we've got to do what God called us to do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I wish I could preach to the prodigal son who's sitting in a pigsty saying to himself I will arise and go to my father's house because at my father's house the servants have it better than what I have here I'll go back as a servant but when he rose up and he returned to the father's house the father was looking for him from a long ways away he ran to him met him fell on his neck kissed him and said you are not my servant you are my son hallelujah 
Eve could have said, Adam, I don't deserve to be a mother. I'll just be a midwife. No, no. You're the mother of all living. I'll just be the aunt. I'll just be the good cousin. No, no. You're the mother of all living. Hallelujah. You've got a role. You've got a responsibility. You've got a purpose. You're a life giver. Hear what I'm telling you. I'm going to preach it till it reaches down into whatever hole you've fallen into. I'm going to preach it until it reaches down whatever dark, lonely path you've traveled. He's got a purpose for you. He's got a calling on your life. There's an anointing on you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God has not given up on his plan for your life. I don't care what other people tell you. Other people can say what they want to say. Let every man be a liar and let God be true. That's what the Bible's talking about. When every man rises up against you and says, you can't be this and you can't be that because I remember when you did this and I remember when you said that. God says, they're all liars. Only God is true. And my Bible tells me, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. All things are become new. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You need to walk away from that serpent because that serpent that lied to you in the beginning will lie to you again. He'll come back around and tell you that other people are looking at you. So what if they're looking at you? Dance like nobody's looking at you. Hallelujah. He'll try to tell you other people are judging you. So what if they're judging you? Here comes a judge. Let him judge, judge, judge. The only judge I'm worried about is the one who's going to say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. He's going to tell you folks are condemning you. Folks think lowly of you. Who cares what they think of you? Give God praise because he redeemed you with his right hand, with a stretched out arm. He is not short. His arm is not short. His ear is not heavy. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Get up, get up, get up, prodigal son. It's time to go home. Get up, prodigal son. It's time to go home. Come on, somebody lift your hands to him right now. Lift your hands to him right now. Hallelujah. 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 Glory. Glory. Woo. Come on, put one foot in front of the other. I'm returning. Where are you going? I'm returning to his original purpose for my life. I'm returning to his original plan for my life. I'm done preaching. You can stand with me. I'm done preaching. Hear what I'm telling you, tree of life. Hear what I'm telling you. When the prodigal comes home, when the prodigal comes home, who's going to meet him first? 
the father or the elder brother? The elder brother who said, why are you even excited about this son of yours coming home? I was a good son. I never did anything to embarrass you. Here he's gone and wasted his living on riotousness. And you're going to sacrifice a calf in his honor? And the father looked at the elder brother and said, This my son was dead and is now alive. Don't let, don't let yourself ever carry the message of the elder brother. Always carry with you the message of the father. So that when you come, oh hallelujah, I feel the Holy Ghost. So that when you come across a part, prodigal, you've got the message of the Father in your mouth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on home. Come on home. And you're not going to come as a servant. You're not going to come as a servant. Somebody that we're constantly reminded of what you used to be and what you used to do. And, and you owe something to everybody around here because of how much pain and grief you caught. No, no, no. That's the message of the older brother. The message of the father is, welcome home, my son. Welcome home, my son. And let me tell you something. If you knew how much it means to God, you would always communicate the message of the father. All of heaven rejoices when one sinner repents. Make sure you're rejoicing when heaven's rejoicing. Hallelujah. Stand on those sidelines and clap. Stand on those sidelines and shout. And stop acting like you've always done right. Stop acting like you've always done right. Stop acting like you've never been discouraged. Stop acting like you've never committed a sin. Stop acting like you've never wavered. Stop it! Stop acting perfect. You're not perfect. I'm not perfect. And that's why we always humbly are grateful when a prodigal returns home. As if it wasn't for his love and his mercy. Hallelujah. That's the only reason I'm able to stand in this house today. Because of the love and the mercy of my God. He knows everything there is to know about you and about me. He knows everything there is to know about you and about me. And He congratulates us. And He applauds us. And He, he praises us. He praises us. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. I have seen your works. It is, you have pleased the Lord. Enoch had this testimony that he pleased God. That doesn't mean Enoch was perfect. It means he pleased God. And maybe it doesn't take as much to please God as it does to please us. Hallelujah. Without faith, it's impossible. But all you've got to do today is believe. Believe. Believe so much that you repent. Believe so much that you take on His new name. Believe so much until He fills you with the Holy Ghost. Believe. Believe. Is there somebody in this house that believes? You've got a future in spite of your past. Is there somebody here today that believes He can restore you to your original purpose? Is there anybody in this house who believes? 
Hallelujah. That even after you've made a mess, and even after you've made problems, and even after you've made things difficult, that God can restore you to your rightful role as the mother of all living. Hallelujah. Come on, Eve, in Jesus' name. Come on, Eve, in Jesus' name. Come on, Adam. I need, I need some men of God and women of God who believe the Word of God. Who believe people can return. Come on, in the name of Jesus. If it's not you, bring somebody. Bring somebody. If they're not here, bring them. Stand in their place and say, Lord, I'm coming down because I want to see them saved. I want to see them saved. Come on, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. Come on, you're going to make it out of this. You're going to make it out of this in Jesus' name. Come on, that's it. All you got to do is trust in the Lord. Believe His holy word. Come on, that's it. That's it. Come on, in the name of Jesus. Come on, that's it in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, I need some mistake makers to come right now. I need some folks who aren't, aren't so good that they've never made a mistake. I need some folks to be honest and say, I'm here because God was merciful to me. I'm not here because I've been the best person. I'm here because God has been merciful to me. Come on, I need some restored people who know what I'm preaching, know what I'm talking about in the name of Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> 